Welcome to Speak for Yourself. I'm Marcel Swaggy. My brother, he's Emmanuel Acho, and we got huge company news with the GOAT and Tom Brady. But first, let's get to the NBA playoffs for the Bucks. Had an 11-point lead in the second half, and Giannis scored game-high 34 points. But it was not enough. I chose Celtics got a combined 60 points for Jason Tatum and Al Horford. And Boston outscored Milwaukee by 15 in the fourth quarter. I chose, was it a good Celtics win or a bad Bucks loss? <laughs> oh, we're here now, huh? You thought you had me in the corner. Look at Wiley. It was a bad loss, y'all. It was a terrible Mm -hmm. loss, Mm -hmm. y'all. Celtics, congrats. But it was a terrible, (laughs) terrible, terrible loss for the Bucs. So there are good losses. There are okay losses. There Mm -hmm. are losses you will accept. And there are terrible losses like what happened last night for the Bucs. Now, why was that loss so bad for the Bucs? Not because they were up by seven in the fourth quarter and ended up losing by eight. That's not why it was so bad. Why was the loss so bad for the Bucs? Not because Drew Holiday still has not gotten out of his shooting slump and his shooting woes. Why was the loss so bad Mm. for the Bucs? Not even because Al Horford, turned back the hands of time, and had a playoff career high. Mm. The loss was so bad for the Bucks because of what it did to Giannis. I'm listening. What do I mean? Y'all have to remember, Giannis always works smarter and not harder, but at times he'll do both. Mm-hmm. He'll work smart and he'll work hard. But what happens yesterday? Yesterday, for the first time in Giannis's playoffs this year, he worked dumb and hard. Ooh. Think about it, Sal. Strong word. Giannis shot 32 field goals yesterday. He attempted 32 field goals. It is a career-high attempts for Giannis. Not just playoff high, a career-high most field goal attempts in a game. 32. Do you all realize the energy that Giannis expended last night in a loss? Think about how many minutes Giannis played last night, 41. But on average, Giannis is only playing 36. In the playoffs, he's playing 35. So Giannis played more minutes than he plays. Giannis shot more shots than he shot. And he took a loss. I don't mind taking body shot after body shot after body shot if I knock you out. Mm. But I can't go down with body shots and get knocked out myself. This one hurt me, Sal, because I'm okay (laughs) letting the Celtics take Chunks of flesh out of the Bucks. Mm. Take chunks of flesh I'll out get, of Giannis if Giannis wins. But you can't take chunks of flesh out of me and I catch an L in the game. <clears throat> this was not just a loss. This is not just a normal run-of-the-mill loss. This was a terrible loss. I equate this loss to the Brooklyn Nets loss to the Celtics. Game one. Okay. Round one. Buzzer beater. We're buzzer beater. Mm. Where the Nets did everything right. Mm. Kyrie drops 39 points, expends <laughs> all of his energy, gives you the best game of his postseason, and then they lose at the end. That was not just any loss. Right. That was a monumental, devastating, series-shifting mm. loss. I don't think this will be a series-shifting loss, because y'all know I'm all about the Bucks, baby. <laughs> but this loss hurt. It should hurt. Um, I understand why you went with the Bucks loss, and it was a bad Bucks loss, because you guys lost Chris Middleton for this series. But I want you to understand, on the other side, you can see a great Celtics win, and I'm about to highlight why this was a great, not good, great Celtics win. The Celtics go as Jason Tatum goes. You talked about it yesterday, but in a different way. The compliment was a little backhanded, but basically – 
If Jason Tatum's out there doing what Jason Tatum can do, because he's not a good player, he's a great player, then the Celtics should win this series. We see it from Jason Tatum. In wins, he averages 30 points a game, shoots 46%, 41 from three. In losses, 15 points a game, 27 from the, 27 from the field, and 27 from three. That's it. You know, in football, and people are like, it's not that simple. Yes, it is. In football, when coach walks in the locker room, what does he say? I don't even care to watch this game. I don't need to see all 60 minutes. You show me one statistic, and I'll tell you who won that ball game. What's that statistic? Turnovers. Turnovers, baby. Well, with the Boston Celtics, no four-leaf clovers. All they got to do is see if Jason Tatum's on his game or if he's not on his game. But to add to my point, let's talk about your boy Giannis, who is the best player on this planet right now. I'll give you that. I'll give you that right now. Kevin Durant somewhere chilling. Buying up companies and soccer teams. Okay, guess what? You're not playing basketball, you're going to lose to Giannis. Giannis' field goals attempts is going up every single game this series. You know what that means? Subconsciously, he's starting to think, I got to do more. Mm -hmm. I got to do too much. I don't have Chris Middleton. And Giannis, as great as he is, no NBA great signs up to do it by themselves if they want it to be a winning outcome. So that's where we are in this series. When Jason Tatum's on this game, He's on the best defensive team, and he's on a better, balanced, deeper team going against Giannis, who's the best player on this planet, who is just sticking a finger out there. His second score is random every single game. He's sticking a finger at a closed fist. You know how that always plays out. A team like the Boston Celtics that especially is a two-way team with Jason Tatum on top is going to end up winning this series. Man, the thing about me as it pertains to Giannis, Giannis can never do too much to me in this series Mm. because he has to do whatever it takes to get it done. Mm. So there's no doing too much. However, there is doing it right. And what I hate is if you go catch an L, make sure you're cognizant of how you take this L because it's a series, seven-game series. First team to win four takes it all. So you cannot expend all your energy Mm. in defeat. Sell, if you are running a track meet, and you know at the end of the day, it's not about winning the prelims. It's not about winning the semifinals. It's about winning the finals. So what you know, win in advance. That's Mm -hmm. what they tell you in track. Early rounds, just win in advance. Don't expend all your energy. Just do enough to win. It's the same thing in basketball with Giannis. Do not expend all your energy. Do enough to win. But Mm. when you do expend all your energy, make sure you win. You can't expend all your energy Great and point. lose. Great point. I think the best way to see it sell is in kind of a breakdown quadrant form. Let's throw that up there because I was looking at it. What's the best way to break this down for the viewers? Top right, you don't expend a ton of energy and you win. Get plus, this. plus. Fancy. Bottom right, eh, not the worst thing in the world. You expend a lot of energy, but you still take a dub. Top <clears> left, don't expend a ton of energy and you lose. Where Giannis found himself is in the worst possible Mm. quadrant. Expend a ton of energy and you lose. You don't ever want to be there. That's Mm. the quadrant Russell Westbrook typically finds himself in, particularly this year for the Lakers. Expending (laughs) a ton of energy and you lose. Giannis never finds himself in that quadrant. Realize Giannis only averaged roughly 33 minutes a game, I believe, this year, and he still had 30 points per game. Giannis always finds himself top right. Little energy, positive performance. But yesterday, for the first time, a lot of energy, negative performance. We don't need a full screen no more. That's why to me, Sal, (laughs) 
That's why you say this one up. hurt, man. This one, like, why is it hurt? You, tell the truth. Why is it hurt? Because you know it's a deeper meaning. You know this one cut deeper because this one means more. No, it's one, over. This one hurt it's for over. this reason. It's over. I hated seeing, like, I know the Bucks are going to lose some games. I know they are. But when you lose, get blown out. Remember, the Bucks lost. Uh, 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 I believe the Bucks got smacked. Why, why is that on? good? Because What's remember good? when the Bucks got smacked earlier, they lose by what was it, 13, 20, 20 points, and Jalen Brown had a field day. Okay, I'm like, thank God, Jalen Brown, when you ball, ball, and dismantle the Bucks. Yep. The worst possible loss that we've seen all playoffs is the loss that the Nets had to the Bucks. Because Kyrie, you did all of that for nothing. Mm. It's like well, you got nothing from KD as well. Sure. So that wasn't the worst loss because Kyrie's thinking KD gonna be back game two, and then it wasn't that. But here's the problem. Okay. Even when KD finally did come back, and in my mind, KD didn't really come back till game four. Yeah. But even exactly. when KD finally did come back, Kyrie knows I'm not gonna be able to do this every single time. Mm. So when I do this, it's gotta <clears throat> count. Yeah. When Giannis yeah. drops 34 and 18, it has to count. Yeah. It has to be a dub. Giannis cannot drop 34 and 18 in a losing effort because Giannis can't do this every time. Right. Remember game, uh, what was it, game one or game two where Giannis only had 24 points? Mm. Like, Giannis realizes, at least I realize, not every game for Giannis is going to be a 34-point performance because yeah. it's not sustainable. Marcellus kind of sprinkled it, but I'm going to drop the hammer home. What's that? First game, Giannis, 25 shots. Oh, Second game, so. Giannis, 27 shots. Third game, Giannis, 30 shots. Fourth game, Giannis, 32 shots. It is not sustainable for any human being. Eventually, he going to get tired. I knew he was going to get tired, but I figured he would get tired and win. Mm. What he cannot do is get tired and lose because Middleton ain't coming back this series. That's the thing. That's why it cut deep. I understand that you don't want to fully absorb this loss because you still believe in this team. They are talented, but they are depleted. Not only in Chris Middleton's and his absence, but let's just be real about it. Giannis is starting to feel it a little bit. Let's go back to the first series where they advance, obviously. Giannis was averaging 17 shots a game and shooting 57%. Go Giannis. This series, averaging 29 shots. 29 average with a 44 shooting percentage. It's coming down, bro. This is what happens when you got to do too much. This is what happens when you're like, I got to be the one. I got to be perfect. Everything has to come through me. Ah, uh, let's take this home. Let's personalize this. Um, I wasn't in the streets. I wasn't a violent cat. You know me. I'm still scary. I, if you want to fight me, you're fighting yourself because I'm out. However, I remember there was violence around. And remember the days when cats used to have like 22s. They used to always talk about these 22s, like six bullets, 22s. And then one day, all of a sudden, automatic weapons hit the streets, right? Then it all of a sudden changed the dynamic. It went from you better know what you're aiming at to... Just kind of know where they are and just spray and somebody going to get hit. The Boston Celtics have an Uzi. They got a machine gun. They have automatic weapons. They got Tatum. Oh, okay. Well, oh, we got Jalen Brown. Oh, okay. We got Al Horford. Oh, okay. Like, and then y'all just got Giannis. He has to be perfect. And right. he knows that. And the weight of knowing that is starting to make him do too much. And now he's getting a lesser result. It's going to add up to what Giannis is going to fight, scratch and claw, and find himself but short. Sal, is he doing too much or is he just doing what it takes? It's almost like mm -hmm. when you get the stick at the end of the relay race, there is no doing too much. It's just win. By any means necessary, yeah. I just need you to win. We're we talking mile relay or sprint relay? Either way. Well, no, because in mile relay, you can try to do too much. You got a deficit. You're down 30. 
you're down 30 meters, and you take off to try to make up the 30 right now. Okay, you ever seen that? And then you catch up to him on the curb, and you're like, you shouldn't be running on the outside of him in the curb. Then you get to the straightaway. You ain't got nothing left. That's what's going to happen against the Boston Celtics. There are too many weapons, offensively and defensively. But, Sell, it's win or go home. So oh, if you're Giannis, he cannot afford to only shoot 20 shots last night, particularly when Drew Holiday is still off, only giving you 16 points. Mm-hmm. So I think that Giannis is like, yo, I have no other option. It's all me. Like, Drew ain't giving me nothing. I can't really depend on Lopez. What, you want me to depend on Matthews? Giannis is like, it is all me. First game, 25 points. Mm, I got it done. Second, 25 25 shot attempts. Okay, I got it done. Second game, 27 shot attempts. That still ain't get it done. Third game, 30 shot attempts, and that barely got it done. Mm. Now I had to up the ante even more, and it didn't get it done. Mm. Giannis is trying to sit here and calibrate what is it going to take. He's learning how to fly the plane while in the air, and I think that's the dilemma. It's just a matter of can Giannis find a way to do it in spite of all the heat that the Celtics come with? Man, I got two examples. Let's stick to track because we're talking track. In the shortest race possible, the 100 meters, right? Unless we're talking indoor 60. 100 meters – you still don't run that top speed the whole way. Mm-hmm. You have to learn an acceleration phase, and then you also have to control how you finish that race because you're not accelerating anymore, right? Let's take it to our favorite race, the 400 meters, it seems like. There's a coast phase mm-hmm. where that means I am looking like I'm trying my hardest, but in reality, I am resting in this moment to save something for later. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, to bring it back home to us and to really personalize in football, as I'm coaching six-year-olds right now, I tell them, I don't care how big you are. I don't care how fast you are. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how gifted you are. You know what I learned the most from football? There's a way to do everything. And if you don't approach it with the mindset that this is a certain series that I'm undermanned, they have more talent because they have more guys that are talented than us right now. I got to approach this race differently. Giannis is running like we used to run in front of the house. Light pole to light pole, bone out, as they used to say. I'm just boning out. That's fine. But you're starting to see the results not adding up as much as they should. All right, let's switch to some big news. Woo, talking about switching gears for Fox Sports. The company is adding a GOAT. News broke today that Tom Brady has agreed to join Fox Sports as our lead NFL analyst following his playing career. Unreal. Brady brings a resume that's unmatched. Seven Super Bowls, three MVP awards, and a countless all-time NFL record list. Brady tweeted he's excited, but has a lot of unfinished business on the field with the Bucs. Hacho, what do you think about Tom Brady joining us at Fox? Man, Tom Brady joining Fox will likely be the biggest sports television news that one will hear during the course of their lifetime. Mm. I would equate it to Michael Jordan joining TNT and that crew. Imagine you have the biggest pregame show over the last two decades, Mm. plus the biggest game over the last decade and change, and now you bring up the greatest athlete in the history of the game. When you come for a couple of the biggest pregame show, we're the biggest games, we're the greatest athlete, you're going to have the greatest television package that we have likely ever been able to witness and likely will ever continue to witness. I think that it is an incredible addition, obviously, for the Fox Sports family, but even bigger than that, it's an incredible addition for the game of football whenever it comes to fruition. Just a huge day in sports television. Yeah, man, to be able to go behind the veil with the GOAT, because every single player, peer or foe, has looked at Tom Brady with admiration and wanted to know, what is the special sauce of Tom Brady? Now, you imagine every single game you get to watch Tom Brady see it through his genius eyes, to see it through his GOAT's mind. 
That's what I'm looking forward to because I know I played the game and I know I saw the game a certain way. But when you talk about guys like a Tom Brady who all who's at the top, the pinnacle of our sport, the greatest of all time, commentating, displaying it every single week. That's going to be amazing. You know what I thought? I was driving into work, and I, I often hear this quote, and it's rarely ever applicable, particularly to somebody uh, regarding you or I. Tom Brady's forgotten more football than we know. <laughs> we know. Right, like, right. Tom Brady has yeah. literally forgotten. He has gone up against every defensive coordinator and their dads. Mm. He's gone up against every defense, likely, and their mm. children. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Tom Brady has been playing a game of football for, what, 35-plus years mm. now? Um, mm. So mm. if mm. just to be able to – I just want to hear what Tom Brady is saying. Yeah. Like, if he will just talk aloud over the course of the yeah. games, I think we'll all be smarter. Unreal. Like, I was drafted before him. He's still playing right now. Then he's going to come here. I'm going to see him in the green room. Say, Hi, Tom Brady. It's amazing just to hear how he sees the game. Because pick 199 is still the GOAT. Coming up, the Warriors struggled last night, but uh, still got it done. Boy, that was a good game. We'll tell you if they should be proud of their win, though. But first, James Harden showed up in a big way in game four. We'll tell you if we expect vintage Harden again. Tonight, that's next. Don't speak for yourself. Brady buying donuts, though. <clears throat> James Harden showed <laughs> Harden showed the heat while he's a former MVP in Philly. That was on game four. Now, he finished with 31 points, nine assists. Series tied 2-2. Two to two. The Sixers, though, mm. they need a similar performance from the Beard in game five. So, Sal, yes. do you expect vintage James Harden again tonight? Absolutely. Vintage James Harden once again. The same James Harden we saw last game when everyone was reminded of his greatness. Uh, you brought it up before how he has the skill, but now he's coupled that with the wheel. Well, James Harden understands what he signed up for and finally is getting his wishes. He didn't sign up to lead a team to a championship. He did that for many years in Houston and realized that came up short. Then he said, okay, let me take a secondary role, whether it's secondary or tertiary with the Brooklyn Nets, right? Let me figure out my way with the Brooklyn Nets. And that came to an end. So now he's in this role with Joel Embiid. But for the first two games of the series, there was no Joel Embiid. A comfort level has now entered James Harden in terms of I know exactly what I need to do for this team. I'm going to tell you why. Because James Harden knows all those efforts to try to win a championship as being the Batman came up short. So in this situation, I think James Harden made a pact with himself and said, I'm not going to be the reason that we lose a championship opportunity. But I'm also not going to be the guy who says, I'm going to put it on my back and be that reason, because what if it doesn't succeed? You got to understand where James Harden is now. He was forced by circumstance and because of his issues of not winning the championship to accept this new role and it's a suppressed role he's greater than what he has shown because he knows that what I have shown in the past hasn't gotten the job done we talk about it all the time Steph Curry versus Kevin Durant how's that gonna play out you know how Steph had to feel after winning 73 games and then losing the championship in that same year I gotta figure out a different role you know how Dwayne Wade felt when LeBron James came and they formed the Heatles? And he's like, I won a championship here before, but it's been a little drier ever since. I think right now James Harden's in that role accepting that I'm going to be the backseat driver while Joel Embiid leads us to a championship. 
I don't think we're going to get vintage James Harden. And I'm here to tell y'all we won't and why. Mm. I'll do it like this. Sal, when you worked out in the NFL or in college, did you prefer group workouts or did you prefer to go in by yourself and just solo dolo running by yourself? Then I like group. Now I like solo. Fair. Okay. Um, The reason I liked group along with Marcellus, my why was sometimes I needed my teammates to pick me up. Mm. Sometimes I needed that energy. It's one thing to run repeat 400s by yourself. It's another thing to run repeat 400s or what we would have to do with the University of Texas, run 28 110s. That is 110 yards 28 times when you got the rest of your boys with you and you're all suffering Mm. or you're all celebrating. Mm. What James Harden's going to have to do when he goes to Miami is work out by himself, figuratively speaking. There was a moment in game four that we saw something from James Harden, and I showed y'all that we have not seen since. James Harden goes oh, between yeah. the legs, bink, bink, step yeah. back, yeah. bucket. Nine minutes and 13 seconds left. Y'all can watch it with your eyes. <laughs> and then look at James Harden's response. Take note of this. Proud. I'm in Philly. I'm hype. We're celebrating. That's not going to happen in Miami not going to happen on the road. James Harden, 6 of 10 for 3, game 4. James Harden in his two games in Miami, Marcellus Wiley, Uh-oh. 3 for 12 from 3. Mm. It's different. It's different when you got to work out by yourself, particularly if you are a person who lacks the will, mm. who lacks that intrinsic motivation. You need your other boys to pick you up. What we've known about James Harden and what I told y'all that Harden told me, not verbally, but with this performance, Mm. I don't lack the skill. No, I lack the will. I lack the want to. The problem with most people working out, the problem with most athletes, the problem with most layman people, not athletes like us who just trying to get in shape, you lack the motivation. (laughs) Like, it's not like you don't know how to put one foot in front of the other. It's not like we don't know how to do that. We lack the motivation. Mm. That's why we need New Year's resolutions. That's Mm. why we need personal trainers. That's why we need $200 gym memberships. Mm. Because if I spent the money, I'm going to show up at work. How's that pertain to James Harden? James Harden needs those Sixers fans. At least that's what it appears. Because James Harden attempted nine field goals in the fourth quarter in game four. Keep in mind, James Harden hadn't attempted nine field goals in a second half in the previous playoff games. So if we know that James Harden lacks the will, not the skill, then where is he going to draw his motivation from? He ain't drawing it from the cats in South Beach. It's for that reason. Mm. I don't expect vintage Harden tonight. Mm. You're saying that he's externally motivated. Yes, sir. I don't think he is. First of all, I don't think anybody that damn great is externally motivated. Oh, we, you might have stopped there. Oh, so no, 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 no. I don't want to stop. I don't want to. We're going to have that conversation. Write down notes like I do every time. Sometimes fake it, too. But just write it down. <laughs> um, let me tell you why. I think it's a cleaner way of looking at that. We're saying the same thing differently because we're looking at something differently. He didn't have Joel Embiid in Miami. Not game one. Not game two. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to go back with Joel Embiid. You know how tough you act when your big brother going with you? <laughs> it's a little different, right? Especially your big brother seven feet and is a beast and could have won the MVP this year. Oh, you're going to act a little different when you go back to South Beach. That's one way to look at it. Two, let's look at James Harden the proper way this postseason. We know he has not won a championship. But let's not act like the dude is breadcrumbs out there. Him and John Morant, only dudes in the playoffs this postseason, 1995. Weird stat, but guess what? Well-rounded. James Harden's just been waiting for his moment to shine, but he knew he couldn't shine brightest 
without Joel Embiid. And I think James Harden is almost post-traumatic stressed. Like, dog, every time I went out in the postseason and tried to give buckets, this was the outcome was. I got fatigued. I got injured. I got let down. So guess what now? I didn't sign up to be the driving force for this team. I signed up to let Joel Embiid go do your thing, and I got your back. Well, I can't have your back if you're not even present. So now he's going to go out there flexing. Now let's talk about who's externally or internally motivated. But what we know about what we've assessed from Harden, and remember, Steven Jackson came on our show, mm. 16-year NBA vet, these, even these. talking about how James Harden is a little too distracted, trying to kick it with the rappers and trying to kick it with this person, that person, etc. I don't know that James Harden just naturally wants to go out there and get buckets in Philly. He ain't proven that to be the case. Why? Because James Harden has only attempted, not made, hmm. he has only attempted 18 or more field goals in Philadelphia three times. He has played over yeah. 30 games. Yeah. So one out of every 10 games oh. is James Harden even attempting yeah. more than 18 field goals. For context, remember Giannis attempted 32 shots last game. 30 the game before, 27 the game before, 25 the game before. So in every single game of the series for the Bucks, Giannis has attempted over 25 field goals. Mm. James Harden has only attempted 18 three times in his 30-plus games in Philly. That's just context. So, so to me, James Harden don't even want it. Yeah. Like, to want it, I got to see you not only show up, but I got to see you exert energy and exert effort. He finally did that Ooh. in game four. But here's what we know. Game four appeared to be an outlier, not the norm. And what I always bet on is norms. I do not bet on mm. outliers. Mm. So for me to go into this game hoping that we see vintage James Harden again, that would be betting on an outlier. And the reason the house always <coughs> wins in Vegas is because the house is always betting on the norm. You winning that hand mm. of blackjack, you getting that lucky number in roulette, you winning that hand of baccarat, you winning at the crap table, that is all an outlier. You might occasionally win with the outliers like James Harden did in game four, but the norm says that James Harden ain't going to be vintage James Harden. It's interesting we are talking about him in this respect. Uh, we have different ways of viewing what James Harden is going through right now. You know he's shooting his best from the three-point line since 2014, 2015. So there's some things that James Harden is even feeling encouraged about. But I want to bring all of our examples together. One, I want to talk about what you said with Stacks. And I don't want to exaggerate because I know Stacks was speaking facts. But I know this happened to me in my career. Oh, James Harden party too hard. James Harden in them streets. He's chasing them rappers, blah, 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 in the studio all night. But he's been doing that for a while, y'all. And he's been a beast for a while, y'all. So which one is right? Which one is wrong? Because when I, it's funny, when I was balling out of control, I was DJing. I DJed from rookie year on. Now, when I'm doing this, oh, Marcel's, and he can DJ. When I'm doing this, and he can DJ. He's still DJing? Man, he need to stop DJing, right? The DJ ain't got nothing to do with it, dog. It's these buckets or not. It's these sacks or not. So I want to kind of separate those two and really see what the real issue is. And it's your point you made about the person lacking motivation. James Harden in this moment right now is that person that you say lacks motivation in the gym. Who makes a New Year's resolution? Here's James Harden's resolution. I ain't going to be the reason that we don't achieve what we desire to achieve. So... You're looking at motivation like pure desire, and I get why, because that's how most people see it. But I've noticed also the person at the gym, James Harden in this situation, it's not just a desire conversation. 
It's a know-how conversation. You know how many people don't go to the gym because they don't know what to do once they get in the gym? What do I do first? Do I do cardio first? Do I lift weights first? How much do I lift? What do I warm up? Which exercise is the best? People pepper me with questions to the point where it's not so much desire. It's you don't know how to do something once you get there. James Harden's been in the postseason multiple times. Let's be real. Probably it's not because of lack of desire, because of lack of know-how, he hasn't finalized and realized his goal. James Harden going to give you buckets tonight. It's going to be vintage James Harden. I'm predicting 30 once again. Coming up, you look at me like, what? The Warriors got the W last night, but it wasn't pretty, y'all. It was ugly. We'll tell you if they should be proud of their win next on Speak for Yourself. Is that time break? USFL action continues all this weekend on Fox Saturday at 3 Eastern. The New Orleans Breakers take on the New Jersey Generals. And Sunday at 4 Eastern, the Pittsburgh Maulers square off against the Houston Gamblers. The Warriors were facing the Grizzlies without an injured John Morant. The Golden State could not take advantage for the first three quarters. They struggled big time, big time, missing 54 total shots. Good Lord. Steph Curry had a game high, 32 points, and gave the squad their first lead late in the fourth quarter. The win gives the Warriors a commanding 3-1 series lead. Got to bring in Fox NBA analyst Slick Rick the Buker. Bracho, should the Warriors be proud of this win? Absolutely. In my mind, the Warriors should be more proud of this win than any of the other playoff wins because this win took sheer determination. This win, you had to overcome your own shooting woes. This win, you were atrocious and still found a way to get a W. It's one thing to get a W when everybody's shooting 75% from three, 80% from the field, 90% from the free throw line, and you're having a historically good night. Now imagine getting a W when you start 0 for 15 from three when you only go nine for 37 from beyond the arc. Now imagine getting a win when Steph Curry starts playing atrociously. Imagine getting a win when Jordan Poole, who usually comes off the bench giving you buckets, does not play in the same form or fashion. Imagine getting a win when you do not lead in the basketball game until less than one minute remaining in the basketball game. Now imagine getting a win under those circumstances. When you win under those circumstances, that's far more impressive than you win than when you win if the game is handed to you. So when I kick back and realize that in the playoffs, a win is a win, pretty, ugly, or in between, I take great pride in that victory if I'm a Warriors player or if I'm a Warriors fan because your first ballot Hall of Fame head coach and Steve Kerr, he wasn't present. Mike Brown, who took over as coach, gets announced to be the Sacramento Kings coach right before the game. So all of a sudden, he is sharing not only his emotional state with the Warriors, but his emotional state going forward with his family and what that may or may not look like. A dub is a dub. <laughs> Dubs got they dub. Hmm. Otto, I love that you said that with your chest, but there's a saying in, uh, in, in <laughs> coaching circles in the NBA when they get together, and they, especially when it comes to the draft, or they, they're coming up with a game plan, and they have, they have a guy who's like, definitive this is what we need to do and they go strong and wrong <laughs> that is the case here no 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 they shouldn't be proud of what at home having a chance mm. to put a stranglehold on mm. a series against a team that is missing its mvp and best player and they should have lost the memphis grizzlies did not play well enough to win but the Warriors played badly enough to lose. And that is not what we expect from a Warriors team that, uh, as of right now, has a, has a full complement outside of Andre Iguodala. And I, Andre, Iguodala, 
Andre Iguodala said to me a piece that's on Fox Sports now uh, that they are a work in progress, that they haven't had a chance to fully evolve, and that we're going to see that happen through the course of these playoffs. But all that said, this game was there for the taking for the Grizzlies in the final minutes. And they should be no more proud of ending up winning and taking advantage of the Grizzlies' youth, of their inexperience in how to close out playoff games because it is a relatively new experience for them than you would if you were, say, an upperclassman on campus and you give a freshman directions to the wrong classroom. You shouldn't be proud that you fooled that Mm -hmm. freshman into making a mistake. Mm. That's essentially what the Warriors did. They took advantage of the Grizzlies' inexperience in the final minutes. Up 93-90, the Grizzlies had three chances, three chances to make it a two-possession game and failed miserably and ultimately were victimized by a phantom foul on Desmond Bain, on Steph Curry on a rebound that finally cooked them. So for all of that, considering who the Warriors are and what we expect them still to be this year, the idea that they eked out this win, a pivotal game at home, and they eked it out playing terribly, there is no way that I can say that the Warriors should be proud of that effort. I'm with you, Slick. Not proud. Thankful, but not proud. We can't forget that there are ugly wins and there are pretty losses. And this was an ugly win. And you're not proud of an ugly win. You know why? Because like you said in those coaches' circles, same thing for players as well. Coach would come into the locker room after one of those ugly wins. He's like, look, that's not reliable. That's not repeatable. So we're not proud of that performance, right? It's not a reliable effort that we can do it that way again and expect a winning result. It's not repeatable, reliable. I'm not proud. But you know what? You got the dub, as Acho said. But you got to remember, in sports, there are two scoreboards. It's the one that shows on the points, and that's literal. You get the wins and losses. And there's one psychologically. And you let Memphis psychologically get confidence even off of this loss. Think about it. You're missing John Morant, who is 38 points a game in this series, and you lose on the road by three points. You think you got a little juice left in you. You're like, oh, thought this series was over. And maybe because you're down 3-1, but still, you're going to come out there with a different motivation and energy level that the Warriors could have squashed out if they would have went out there and handled business. But they didn't even start this game like they wanted to handle business. They missed their first 15 three-pointers. You saw in the game, they didn't lead until 45 seconds remaining. And in that moment, it wasn't sheer determination that got them through. It was the fact that they prayed and finally got what they wished for. Some brain farts by an inexperienced team in crunch time. That's all it was. If that doesn't occur, that last minute of inexperience being materialized right before our very eyes, Golden State finds themselves tied in the series without John Morant in that game four. So no, just because you go out there and win, they all don't look the same. This one looked ugly. But if I can beat you sleepwalking, then surely I can beat you sprinting. And the Warriors beat the Grizzlies last night sleepwalking. And that's what it comes down to, Mm. Sell, and that's what it comes down Mm. to, Slick. The Grizzlies are losing the series in my mind strictly because of inexperience. 
It's great for the Grizzlies. Only problem, you're not going to gain the necessary experience over the course of this series. Now, on the summer and the offseason after the Warriors send you home, you'll get all the experience in the world. Slick, I love having you on this show because not only are you a fan, you are an analyst. Go back to game one, Slick. Warriors win by one point. John Moran has the ball, down by one, 36 seconds left. Slick, I know you're sitting there watching the game saying, hey, Ja, go two for one. I'm sitting there saying, hey, Ja, go two for one. Commentators at home, John Morant, you should shoot the ball before the, 27, before the 24 second mark so that you get another shot at it. But inexperience had John Morant and the Grizzlies hold on to the ball until the 19 second mark. They do not score. As a result, it is game over because now they have to play this whole foul game and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies' inexperience is costing them this series. They are not going to get the necessary experience over the course of this series. So it does not matter that the Grizzlies might feel good about themselves thinking we only lost by three without Ja, because at the end of the day, Ja present or Ja absent is still not going to be enough because they don't have the experience that they need to get through. Well, Otto, you just got sucked into Marcellus's rabbit hole Uh-oh. because I'm not going to go there. Uh, I in that you well, bought no. into the idea that the Memphis Grizzlies come away from this thinking, oh, feeling good about what what transpired. I'm not quite sure that I can go there because this is now to your point. This is twice. This is, these are two games that they've given away. You can't give away that many games in a series and still expect no. to win it. So no. that that's why even going home and even if they get John Morant back. It's like, look, we had a chance to steal a game, and we didn't. And, yes, you would expect that the Warriors are not going to shoot that badly again. However, this idea that they're sleepwalking, the idea that the Warriors are almost intentionally playing at Mm. this level, I'm not ready to buy into that either. The shooting woes and the overall performance, disappointing or shocking performances, subpar performances by the Warriors is not, they're not to your point, uh, it's not such an outlier. Going back to your previous uh, segment, like we've seen it too many times. I'm beginning to think maybe this is just where the Warriors are. Maybe this is where Klay Thompson is. Mm. Maybe Steph Curry is not quite in the same place so that we shouldn't expect that he's going to be knocking down threes with regularity. Uh, Maybe Jordan Poole isn't quite ready for this stage. Like, the door is still open there because of the Warriors. So while I'm not ready to say that this this close loss is reason for the Grizzlies to feel great about going home and that this is still a series, I'm also not ready to buy in that the Warriors are sleepwalking and now are ready to sprint. It may just be that they can't go as fast as they used to go, and sometimes they're going to look like they're sleepwalking when the truth is that jog that they got going on is about as good as they can do on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, look, the series is in critical condition. Certainly the Memphis Grizzlies are facing a near death right now, but there's a different level of confidence even in this place right now down 3-1 than it should have been if the Golden State Warriors were feeling good about themselves. But they're not feeling good about themselves. Sometimes you can advance, but you're still sitting there questioning yourself even in advancement because you're like, 
we are not playing our level of basketball. And Golden State is just not shooting as well as they normally shoot. Memphis outshot them yesterday. And that's without John Morant. So you got to just look at it for those things. It's kind of the self-scouting yeah. that happens. Even in the win, you come back and you still got a week of practice, NFL. And Coach is working on our issues despite us winning. I think that's going to be the Golden State Warriors right now. Because even though they may advance, they still know looking in the mirror, Things don't look as great as they should. Coming up, some offenses are scarier than others in the NFL, and we'll reveal our top five offenses next on Speak for Your Sales. Oh, yeah. Some offenses in the NFL, led by Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Joe Burrow, stand out more than others. Bleacher Report listed their power rankings, and the Bills came out on top. So we decided to list our top five scariest offenses in the NFL. Acho, get us started. Who are your top five <laughs> scariest offenses? Well, the offense would be scary if it had a receiver like your boy. Give me all you want. Did you drop it? Did you drop it? No, God, God, you got the eyes, boy. That boy got the eyes and the hands. Oh, I'm trying to get one. Okay, my fifth <laughs> scariest offense, the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Now, a lot of people might scoff at that, but as an NFL defender, and I'm going to open up your mind a little bit. Okay, let's Imagine go. on the outside you have A.J. Brown. That's one thing. Monster. On the other outside you have Heisman winner Devontae Smith. That's Beast. another thing. Beast. And running back you have Miles Sanders, yeah. an explosive playmaker. Yeah, yeah. At tight end you still have Dallas Goddard, a 6'5 cat that can run. But then here's the real problem. Yeah. At quarterback you have Jalen Hurts. Now Jalen Hurts ain't I'll... really scaring anybody on defense yeah. yet with his mind, nor is he scaring people with his arm. Yeah. But remember, only six quarterbacks in the history of the NFL 3,000 yards passing, 780 yards or more rushing. You have Kyler Murray, you have Lamar Jackson, you have Robert Griffin, you have uh, Randall Cunningham, you have Jalen Hurts. Mm. So when you talk about a scary offense, you have to think about what can the offense do to you? How can the offense inflict pain on you? If you're worried about Brown, if you're worried about Smith, you have to also be mindful Jalen Hurts might just keep it himself. Mm. To me as a former defender in the NFL, scary. Fourth scariest mm. offense, Sorry? Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Only because of Patrick Mahomes. 151 Only? touchdown passes over the last four seasons. Now, they are not nearly as scary as they usually are. Typically, sell, they'd be in my one spot. Hmm. But when you lose the scariest offensive player, non-quarterback, and Tyree Kill, that right. drops you down. I think Miko Hardeman will be somewhat of a replacement, but he just can't do what Tyree Kill can do. For that reason, I only got the Chiefs at four. Only four. My three spot, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, no, that Fox, uh-huh, Tom Brady coming. So now you're like, oh, move them up. <laughs> They're in my three spot because they still have Mike Evans. Right. We've got Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. He decided, you know what, let me come back. Let me come when back. When I think about scary offenses, I think about offenses that are versatile. An mm. offense that can light you up through the air, which the Buccaneers can do, and an offense that can still rush for 100 yards. You are not scary to me if you are a one-trick pony. Mm. And the offenses I have here, for the most part, are not one-trick ponies. So you're not that intimidating to me if you can only do one thing well. Bucks can do a few things well. Okay. My number two scariest offense. How about the Buffalo Bills? Of course. Come Josh on. Allen, Come on, baby. Beast. Come Josh on. Josh Allen, dude. Stephon Diggs, beast. But what we have to remember, mm. the last time we saw Gabriel Davis, their number two receiver, <laughs> he was going off for 200 yards, four touchdowns four in a playoff game. In the event that Gabriel Davis is actually that good and that wasn't just a fluke, if he truly is a four-touchdown potential type of receiver, 
oh, this Bills offense is going to be stupid. Mm. They already were stupid. They already have one of the best quarterbacks in football, a top three quarterback in my mind at this junction in time. But if Gabriel Davis can really be that guy, coupled with Stephon Diggs on the other side, what can't they do? I know you're one. You're My scariest in, offense. You're right here. Let's go, Chargers. Let's go, Chargers. The Bengals, baby. Uh, what? Um, Cincinnati Bengals, the only team in football, 2,000-yard receivers and a 1,000-yard rusher. Mm. Joe Mixon does not get the credit for being That's the football true. player that Made he is. That. He does not get the credit that he deserves. T. Higgins, mm. uh, uh, Jamar Chase on the other side, plus Joe Burrow. In my mind, he is only going to get better. Y'all got to remember. Joe Burrow this season was coming off a devastating and grueling knee injury. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe Burrow did not have an offseason in which he could get better. Joe Burrow's last offseason, he spent the majority of his time just trying to get healthy. Okay. So now you're telling me that Joe Burrow will be able to get better this offseason? Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase will come into his sophomore season. T. Higgins will come into his third season. I think that this offense is going to be lethal. So when I look at these five offenses, they're the five scariest offenses in Baltimore. Those are the five scariest. You stamped that, right? Yeah. I mean, you could talk about a lot more, so I'm intrigued by your Yes, list. yes. I'm in like with your list, but I'm in love with my list. Let's talk about number five right here. The number one offense from last year. How about them Cowboys? The Cowboys. How you didn't put them Cowboys up there? We they went talk. from one we to talk. five. That's as much as you could drop the Cowboys. Unless you think Armari Cooper was the entire offense. Yeah, they're going to take a hit because you got to find your number two now because Amari Cooper's out the building. But CeeDee Lamb, let's continue to see his growth. Dak Prescott, continue to see his evolution. And finally get over the hump, Cowboys. At least you're going to put up some points. Let's go with number four. I'm with you, Kansas City Chiefs. Like, Tyreek Hill's not in the building, but I still believe in Andy Reid, his system, and the fact that last year we saw Patrick Mahomes throw a touchdown pass to 11 different players. So Patrick Mahomes going to spread that thing around a little different this year because you don't have that guy taking the top off the defense. Let's go with number three. You forgot if Kyler Murray stays healthy. Oh, these Cardinals going to be special. Uh, D-Hop. D-Hop ain't there first six games. Hey, it's, he ain't there why first six not? Why he not going to appeal? Let me stop. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> they did score seven different games, 30 points or more. You got to respect them. They were undefeated before injuries started to take them out of the conversa- conversation of being real contenders. I like the offense. They are loaded. They even go out there. You got Hollywood Brown just to kind of make up that gap until you get D-Hop. Then you got D-Hop and Hollywood Brown. Oh, something special out there. Number two. Buffalo Bills. You're right. You're right. Look at you and I. It's kind of chemistry up here. Josh <laughs> Allen, Stephon Diggs. I ain't got to say that much more. This team is ready to do it. Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, AFC Championship game. We'll see. But there's another team that's out there that's talking some noise. Who's my number one, Acho? Who's my number one? Come on. What offense looks the best? What offense has the best quarterback in the NFL right now? <laughs> Herbie. <laughs> L.A. Chargers. Don't lie. Mike Williams had 1,100 last it year. Dude. Keenan Allen had 1,100 last year. Dude. And they still weren't even playing their best offensive ball. You talk about that Austin Eckler doesn't get the credit he deserves because he doesn't look the part. But let's talk about his production. Let's talk about how he is in the red zone. You look at this offense all around. You talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Look at these guys on the Chargers. They're the number one offense. Okay, let me state my problems with your list before I ask for your problems with mine. All right. Uh, My biggest problem here, Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. My biggest problem, because remember, DeAndre Hopkins missing the first six games. Hollywood Brown 
Is he going to be a number one uh, in Arizona? Mm. That's a lot to replace. DeAndre Hopkins isn't just a great receiver. Mm. He's a red zone threat. Yep. Hollywood Brown is just a deep threat at this juncture in his career. Now, Hollywood Brown was Kyler Murray's quarterback in college. I get they have that connection, but this is probably my That's biggest problem with your list. Um, the Chargers being the best, the scariest offense in football would be a problem. Top five? How? 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 Okay, let's go. Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Come on, man. Don't do that. You know I like Burrow. I know you do, and I like him too. But we got to be objective about okay. these things. Okay. You, you at least gonna, call it a draw. Are you going to completely disregard the running game? Because Joe Mixon. No. Oh, yeah, I more mean, than Eckler. More than Eckler. Even more, though who had more, more touchdowns, who, who affected the scoreboard more? Mm-hmm. Now, you can't say anything. But it's you can say he affected the scoreboard without getting in the end zone because, you know, if you got to worry about Joe Mixon, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase going to get a little bit more one-on-one coverage. Meanwhile, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they got to earn all of theirs. Okay. Like, Austin Eckler ain't scaring nobody. We drafting receivers. Who you taking first? Jamar Me Chase. too. All right, after him. You tell me to go fight. After him, who we taking? Chargers, yeah, Chargers, yeah, Chargers. I'll take, I'll take one of your goals. That's my thing. So I think the Chargers, scariest offense because now they're going to have a defense as well. A lot of times. Complimentary football. You talk about the Bucks. The reason I have a little issue with the Bucks, defense wasn't the same last year. It wasn't. When the defense was great, the offense was great, Turk. You can see that. That's the complimentary football we're going to see in LA. Okay, let's talk about the Cowboys because every other team on our list have two receiving threats. Yeah. Whether it's the Chiefs, yeah. uh, Kelsey, Hardeman, the Bucks, we already know them. Bills, Diggs, David, uh, uh, Diggs, Davis, Bengals, we already know who they got. Uh, Cardinals, we know when D-Hop is back. Chargers, you just talked about it. Cowboys are the only team that only really has one guy that puts fear in your eyes. In Michael Gallup game. coming off of a knee yeah, injury. injury. Yeah. Ain't, no, ain't no fear there. <laughs> Why you still got the Cowboys? Because they, did, they were the number one offense last year, and I was just watching them week in, week out, saying you're not playing up to your capabilities. Why? In part because of the running game. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, they didn't fully utilize that running game. That's going to be their support system while they find that number two. CeeDee Lamb, to me, is a number one. He has to go out there and prove it, but he had number one numbers last year with Amari Cooper on the roster. Someone else is going to have to replace that production from Amari Cooper, but let's get more out of our running game. And Dak Prescott, you already know, greatest leader for this team, certainly. And through all of it, Dak Prescott, I think, can lead him to the next now, level. Now, neither of us have the Rams, and the Rams just won the Super Bowl. I know, I know my reasoning, but oh. what was your logic? My logic was this. I want to see Cooper Cup do it again on that level, one. Two, I also need to know... Who's going to be your reliable number two? Robert Woods is out the building. Odell Beckham is not going to sign. Allen Robinson, no faith. Uh, I mean, he, there's a reason he was available once again. We'll see if that could be it. He's certainly talented enough, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. And then in the running game, they're going to get healthy. Last year, latter part of the year, they got healthy with acres and everything. Now they're going to be healthy this year. But it just to me... It's hard to crack this list right here, especially when the number five this year was the number one last year. Are you scared of this Eagles no, no, offense? No, 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 no. You know why? Here we go. All right, who's on the outside right here? AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Yep. Oh, who's over here? Devontae, Devontae Smith. Smith. Yes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm about to run it. Who's the quarterback? Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. All right, all right. Check run, check run. Like, we are we going to fully utilize what we have on the outside as assets? I believe in Jalen Hurts. But when I hear reports, let's go back. Last year, he had to compete to be the starter, even though he already supplanted Carson Wentz and $128 million. This year, the reports are he's on a one-year audition. 
that does not make your starting quarterback or potential franchise quarterback feel comfortable. Is he going to force plays? Is he going to try to use what he has in terms of resources, which he knows he could depend on his running game and depend on his legs? I just wonder what the numbers going to look like on the outside, even though I know the talent is certainly there. Well, I told just brought it up, talking about those bucks, and you got Tom Brady's bucks in your top five. And speaking of the GOAT, we've got huge news. Brady has agreed to join Fox Sports as our lead NFL analyst, beast, following his playing career. We're all excited to welcome Tom to the Fox Sports family. Take a look at the first time the GOAT and I, we locked horns, baby, October 14th, 2001. Look at this. I got a strip sack on the watch. Me. Watch your boy, Tom Brady, through this pass. Oh, that pass didn't go where he wanted to go. They call it a fumble? What you mean they call a fumble? He helped get me paid right here. Look at Wiley going around the corner. Now, this is also his first touchdown pass of his career. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me hugging him. Hey, come back here. Why you throwing touchdown? <laughs> Can't wait for him to show up in the building, man. I show. What do you think of Brady coming to Fox? I think it's huge. I I don't think there is a bigger announcement that you will see in sports television, not only this year, but maybe this decade, than Tom Brady joining Fox. I think about Fox Sports' game of the week. It's the top football game that we've seen in the last 13 years. You think about Fox's pregame show, top pregame show Mm -hmm. in the last two decades. Then you think about the greatest quarterback of all time joining the team with the greatest pregame show, joining the team with the greatest game. Then you got the greatest quarterback is going to be the greatest television outing that we will see every week, every Sunday. I'm hyped. I don't want to steal any thunder from Tom Brady, but he needs to thank me because I was there when it all started. You saw the video, first pass ever to a touchdown, Tom Brady, and then it's going end right here in this building as our Fox How you want to thank Sports. You? How you want to thank me? Just drop one of them things on me, one of them bricks. Coming up, the Bucks took an L last night. Brady, hook your boy up. And their series is tied. We'll tell you if we're worried about Milwaukee next on Speak for Yourself. Hey, some TV 12 of Welcome back. You're now entering the No Bull Zone, sponsored by Credible. No Bull Zone. Great rates, but none of the bull. Let's head to Milwaukee, where Giannis scored a game-high 34 points for 18 rebounds, but he only scored six in the fourth quarter. Tie, boss, tie. The Bucs were outscored by 15 points in the final quarter, and the Celtics went on to win and tie the series. Deuce, deuce. Slick is back, but Acho, you worried about your Bucs? Yes, you are. I'm worried about my Bucks only because of how much it took Giannis to lose last night. Mm. I'll be honest. I'm not going to come on this show and just lie and say I'm not worried at all to try to make great television. I think honesty, vulnerability, transparency. Ooh, I, like I think that makes the greatest television. And being vulnerable and being honest lit, <laughs> I'm worried. Um, Giannis shot 32 field goals last night, slick Rick Buecher. Do you all realize that's more field goals than he's ever attempted in a game in his career? Giannis mm. played 41 minutes last night, America. Giannis only averages 35 minutes in the postseason, and he gave you 41 last night. Right now, Giannis is expending far too much energy in defeat. Anybody who has competed at high-level athletics knows this. You shock your body, thus run the risk of excess fatigue and maybe injury when you do something you've never done before. Sal, go back to your national record Mm. holder junior Mm. high days. (laughs) Anytime you run a personal best, Anytime you run a season's best, you usually are extremely sore the next day because you've done something, Cell, you've done something slick that your body is unfamiliar with. Mm. Let me take this out from the elite level and talk in a manner that everybody can understand. If all you do is go to the gym and do upper body, go to the gym one day and do lower body. 
Imagine how sore you're going to be the next day. What's that, homie? Because you are working out a muscle you are not used to working out. You are doing something in excess than your body is used to. Giannis, last night, did something in excess than his body is used to. 41 Mm. minutes? Mm. And a loss? Mm. Oh, God. Not only ain't used to losing, but Slick, he (laughs) is definitely not used to playing 41 minutes and losing. 32 field goal attempts? Mm. And a loss? Mm. You got to be worried. You got to be worried for the first reason, because Giannis exerted that much effort and he lost. The second reason, because Giannis exerted that much effort. When you exert that much effort, you never know how you are going to physically respond. The Celtics took a chunk of flesh out of Giannis last night. They took a chunk of flesh out of that armor. And my fear is that the Bucs might take a little longer than I would hope to rebound and respond. The Bucs will still win the series. But it might Mm. be seven instead of six. Mm. Oh, okay. I was just about to say, I'm, I came into this segment worried <clears throat> about the Bucks, but now I'm equally worried about Acho losing his <laughs> confidence in his man Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I also want to provide an analogy. Uh, we got it from the single guy who could, the only thing he can think of is that I'm working out one way. <laughs> get him slick. I, so I work out on the regular, and every once in a while I get ambitious, and I decide to do some yard work, okay? Ooh. That uses a completely different set of muscles, yeah, yeah. and I come away from it feeling sore as hell. That's what I think you're talking about, mm-hmm. Acho, in terms of, having to extend himself in a way that he that he normally to, doesn't. Yes, but I believe <laughs> I believe it's actually a good thing because what the the Bucks need to get back to, what Giannis needs to get back to is trusting his teammates. Am I worried? Absolutely I am because the Boston Celtics are utilizing a variety of things including 35-year-old Al Horford. Talk about being um, feeling feeling sore and doing something that you normally don't do. That was Al, Al Horford in Game 4. He not only scored a career playoff career-high 30 points and hit a playoff career-high 5 three-pointers, he drove and dunked on Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm. a defensive Dunder. player of the year. I am not expecting that from 35-year-old Al Horford. Now, the reason that I'm not super worried is because I question whether Al Horford can have another performance like that. I'm more, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that Bobby Portis, who was completely missing in action, and that Mike Budenholzer at times seems to lose confidence in, therefore he only played 15 minutes and only provided four points, that he's going to give them a little bit more than he has. I understand also why Giannis did what he did, because he knew that this was a crucial game. He knew that they could put a stranglehold on this, and he decided nobody else is hitting shots. I need to go get it myself. It's part of the learning curve for Giannis Antetokounmpo in how you manage playoff runs, how you manage getting strangleholds on series, Etc. The reason that I'm not super worried is because I know that Giannis does a tremendous job of learning from his <clears throat> mistakes. And so, yes, it may have taken something out of him physically, but I believe that he's going to make the mental adjustment. So whether it's seven games or it's six games, if the Bucks win the series, that's really all that matters because my belief is that whoever wins this series is going to be representing 
the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. Uh-oh, you guys both are doubting. Welcome to my side. You guys know the Bucks are in trouble. You guys know the Bucks are going to lose this series. And let me tell you why you think oh! that. You just haven't said it yet, or at least acknowledge what you're saying. My man Otto has lost confidence. And what is confidence? Just a management of doubt. He's managing his doubt differently than he did before game one. Slick, you just talked about Giannis and how he's going to make mental adjustments. Yes, he's already made the mental adjustments, and he doesn't like the results. I must remind you guys that in the last series that the Bucks advanced, Giannis only shot the ball 17 times a game. Now he's shooting the ball 29 times a game. And his field goal percentage in the series before was 57. It's now dropped down to 44. Let me tell you what's happening here. And I didn't really understand this until just yesterday it crystallized as I was at practice coaching my peewee team. MJ was up in the finals. At the end of every practice, we have conditioning. It's basically a relay race, right? MJ was in the finals, and he was racing against my man Harrison. Now, Harrison didn't want to race MJ. So Harrison was looking around to figure out how he could worm out of this. Because you know why? In sports, and people don't talk enough about this, every athlete and every team sizes up the other athlete and the other team. Giannis has sized up these Boston Celtics and come to these realizations. Damn it. That's a better team than us without Middleton. Damn it, that's a deeper team than us without Middleton. Damn it, they defend better than us without Middleton. So what has Giannis done, subconsciously or consciously? I'm going to do more because i got to make up the gap because there's no Middleton. And by doing more, or at least trying more, he's actually achieving less. That's what's happening right before our very eyes. That's why I worried about the Bucks. They had to remix their recipe. And so far... Not tasting as good as usual. But truth be told, Sel, Slit, I'm not worried about the Bucks winning this series. Okay. Giannis is going to do what Giannis has to do, and Giannis will get the job done. That's what greatest players in the world do. They don't sure. complain about how rough the tide is. They just dock the ship. So Giannis <laughs> ain't going to complain about how rough and rocky the tide is. He just going to dock the ship this series. Mm. The problem is, what is it going to cost Giannis to get through this series? Get through this series if you want to, Giannis. Expend all that energy if you want to. My bigger fear, Slick, is if you run up against another team like the Miami Heat. Prayerfully, as a Bucks fan, the Sixers win the series. But if you run up against another team mm. like the Miami Heat, where Bam, Butler, Hero can all give you 25-plus on any given night, now I'm worried about the Bucks. I'm not truly worried about this series. I'm frustrated that Giannis had to play 41 minutes just to lose. I'm frustrated, Slick, that Giannis had to shoot 32 times just to lose. I'm frustrated that 34 and 18 was not enough to get it done. I'm frustrated that Drew Holiday is out here shooting 30% or so from three. I'm frustrated, but I'm not worried about this series. I'm worried about the bigger picture, the Bucks and Giannis trying to win another title. I'm glad to hear that your, your confidence in Giannis figuring it out is not shaken because I think that's legit. Marcellus, you are not giving Giannis nearly enough credit considering that he figured out everything he had to to win a championship last year. He was the smartest player coming out of last season because of what he accomplished there. But there are still different things that are going to be thrown at him that he needs to figure out along the way. So... I not look, 
uh, and I'm and Acho, your concern about what's going to happen again. This is this is what my my young colleagues and my friends do. They worry about the future. Let's just live in the present because the reality is, is the Miami Heat, as I see it, are not equipped to give the challenge to the Milwaukee Bucks that the Boston Celtics are giving them. It's the reason why the Philadelphia 76ers have crawled back into this series. And as long as everybody's on deck, that's going to be a long series. If one, if that other series was going to be short, then I could see where you'd think, okay, they've got plenty of time to prepare and to rest. And this is going to be a longer series. That's going to be a disadvantage. That's not going to be the case. They're both going to have to expend themselves, expend a great deal of energy to get to the next round. So, Marcellus, I like this mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. that uh, that Giannis mm-hmm. has looked at the Boston Celtics. It's one thing to look at them and say, "Man, maybe they're better than I thought," but to say they're better than we are. I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that Giannis Antetokounmpo looks at any team in the NBA and thinks that way. It's a matter of, I need to figure out how I need to play in order for us to be at our best. And if I do, we will be good enough. Because that's exactly what he did last year in winning that first championship. And the confidence that comes from having figured out that Rubik's Cube Nobody else in the league has that right now. That's the greatest advantage that Giannis Antetokounmpo has. Mm, I love this. You guys are telling me that Giannis is used to winning, as I quote Acho, and you tell me he's going to figure it out, as I quote you, Slick. Oh, really? Um, how many championships he's got? Oh, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's used to winning, or is he used to losing? What's the, the anomaly one? there? Is it the, is it the nine years he's been in the league and only one championship? Is it the other eight, or is it just this one? I'll let you guys figure it out, because you told me me, Giannis can figure everything out with those prison workouts he's doing, as Acho said. Just top heady. He ain't working on his legs right now. He getting fatigued, dog. He getting fatigued. Coach told you, you don't do them squats. Oh, that fourth quarter going to look different, big dog. Let's talk about it. Do y'all know? Do y'all know that the Bucks have the third worst offense of all teams in the postseason? Do y'all know that the Celtics have the best defense? Do y'all know that last time we saw these teams play, the Bucks were outshot from the field, three-point line, and even the free throw line when those are free? Let me tell y'all what's going on here. Stop giving Giannis that damn much credit. Give him credit. He's the best player on the planet. But give him credit, he's also a part of a team that right now, I don't know if they're ready for this task because this task may be too daunting. Slick, you told me he always figures it out. Really? So he figured out last year how what size Kevin Durant's shoe was and is going to step on the line. He figured out that he could beat the Hurt Nets team. He figured out that he could go out there and beat Trey Young. Where Trey Young at now? He figured out that he could go beat the Young Sons and the old Chris Paul and figure that out after being down 0-2 in that series. Here's the thing. I don't know if Giannis is the made man y'all make him out to be. I salute Giannis. I knew I'd get my boy back in this picture. I salute Giannis, but y'all acting like this dude is Don Dada. That is a supercat, you are not nada. Excuse me, Marcellus Wiley. Now, you done spewed a lot of nonsense over the course of your television career, but nothing more nonsensical than the nonsense you just spewed right then and there. Giannis gave you 34 and 18 last night. Yes, If he had any help, from Drew Holiday, we would be having a different conversation. No, that's not your point. That is my point. That's not point. your point. Yes. The team. Care. No, no, that's not your point. 
Don't tell me that Giannis ain't enough to get it done. What? Don't tell me that two-time NBA MVP ain't enough to get it done. Don't tell me that the man who averaged 30 points in 32 minutes ain't enough to get it Giannis done. Giannis playing Don't the Celtics? Don't tell me the last finals MVP the Bucks ain't enough to get it done. The Celtics. Who's playing the Celtics? The Bucks and. or Giannis? It don't. Giannis is the Bucks. Oh, and that's y'all problem. <laughs> that's why this series is tight. Go Keep ahead, it going, Slick. Slick. Also, don't don't tell me that the hourglass that the sand finally ran out, so you needed to mention Kevin Durant's foot one more time. That we got we'd pat, we'd passed the, uh-huh. the uh, expiration on that. Like I haven't said Which it in two weeks, so now I have out. to get Slick. The, Slick. I have to get that in there. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that Giannis has to figure out. Hit him with a because to Acho's point, he did provide enough. But what he has to understand is, you know what? Take a few fewer threes. That's mm-hmm. not falling. Oh. Take a few fewer oh, mid-range jumpers. Mm-hmm. We're going to find other guys and we're going to distribute. I'm going to trust my teammates to get some of that done. That's what Giannis has to do. Mm-hmm. It's less is more for mm-hmm. Giannis. He made the understandable move that every championship <clears throat> caliber player does. Every player who says, I will put it on my back to get it done. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to put it directly on your back. Sometimes you just have to hand it in the right way to the next guy to carry that baton. That's the mistake Giannis made in this last game. I would dare say that it's the mistake that he's made consistently in this series. And in spite of that, we're still 2-2. So there's an easy tweak to be made here by Giannis to involve everybody else. Y'all scrambling. That is going to put the bucks over the The only in spite is this. Y'all realize Drew Holiday had a minus 23 when you want to talk plus or minus. That's not going to happen again. Oh, it's not? Giannis was plus one. The Bucs lost by eight, and Drew Holiday was minus 23. Sal, remember when Jason Tatum only scored 10 points two games ago? That was Drew Holiday this past game. Five for 22 and a minus 23. That's not going to happen again. As Slick so perfectly and eloquently stated, (laughs) all Giannis has to do is at the appropriate time yell spot. You ain't got to always lift the weight all by yourself. Just yell spot. And hopefully Drew Holiday will take his earbuds out. We'll hear Giannis say in spot. And he'll go put his hands under the bar. And he'll lift my dog up. And the butts will not only lift the weight, but they will win the series. Damn. I had no idea y'all didn't believe. Y'all just going to church and praying, huh? That's what y'all doing. Giannis had 34 points on 32 shots. Y'all talking about put it on his back and put it directly on his back? He's been doing that. He's shooting. Shoots more every single game this season, uh, series. And y'all saying he ain't putting it You're on his back. You're not hearing us. You're oh, not hearing oh, us, Oh, that's Marcellus. right. You need to defer. You need to compliment the pieces around you. You need to let those guys play their game, right? As Acho just said, <laughs> this is going to be bad, y'all. Acho Duck. Drew Holiday ain't going to go out there and shoot that again. He ain't going to play like that again. Let me tell you why Giannis is putting more on his back and not on their back. Let's go through the plus minus of the next seven guys on the Bucks. Minus 39, minus 11, minus 4, minus 30, minus 7, minus 19, minus 7, and that's for the series. I didn't say for a game. That's for the series. Giannis is going to put more on his back and it's going to have worse results. You've seen it before, Acho. I got this. I got this. Ah! And that's where Giannis is, out this series. That sounds series. like Kevin Durant. That don't sound like Giannis, okay? No, no. That don't sound like my best player in the world. That sounds like your best player in the world. My best player in the world <laughs> yeah, don't fall. My best player in the my world. Best player. My best player. My best player. My best player. 
Go ahead, Parkinson. Your best yeah. player only beat that my like best Mr. player Big by Toe. Big Toe. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Coming up, Baker Mayfield's options continue to get smaller. Big Toe winner. We'll tell you if he can recover from this next. I'll speak for yourself. If the Red War 14, it's a wrap. Ain't no Giannis. Now, we got to head to Cleveland, y'all. It's been a while since we talked Baker Mayfield, and there's always drama. Reports say Odell Beckham Jr. release, quote, poisoned the well in mm. Cleveland. Now, for Baker Mayfield with some of his teammates, that's where the well was poisoned. But that's not all of it. Another report says if new Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is suspended, there's a very slim chance Baker would fill in as the starter. Very slim that Baker would start even if Deshaun is suspended. So, can Baker Mayfield recover from this? Can Wide, hopeful word. Yes, he can, but in reality, I don't think he will. Let me talk about it. Baker Mayfield has done something you should never do when you need someone or something. Create more opponents for yourself than existed prior. He's created more opponents than the others that are wearing different colored jerseys. Mm. And in sports, that's the only opponents you need, the ones who are not wearing your colors. But now Baker Mayfield has find himself in the midst of friendly fire. People that used to be his friends, people used to support him, have now turned on him. And I don't know why, but I know it's the reality. So now you're Baker Mayfield, you're looking for an opportunity. But you done burned up a lot of your human capital. Where are all your cheerleaders for you right now? Who's the one extending that olive branch saying Baker Mayfield will take a flyer on you? Kurt Warner talked about this before, the perception of a quarterback. It could be any position, but Kurt Warner was personalizing it. And he said, boy, there is nothing more uphill of a battle than changing the perception of you once people think less of you. He had to overcome that when he went from being Kurt Warner with the St. Louis Rams to Kurt Warner with the Giants to Kurt Warner with the Cardinals. Baker Mayfield, you need another team to bet on you like they bet on Kurt Warner. And I don't see it happening, big dog. This has now turned into a situation where he had teammates. You imagine your teammate doing this. This is actually something that occurred. Odell Beckham Sr. puts out a video. A teammate said, man, I ain't watched that video. The reporter says, why didn't you watch the video? Because I saw it every day in practice. What? They taking those type of shots at Baker Mayfield now. And those are guys who are supposed to be on his side. Right now, Baker Mayfield, man, too many opponents out there for me to see him be victorious. Baker can't recover from this, and it hurts my heart to say it. If Baker Mayfield wasn't coming out of Oklahoma as a Heisman-winning quarterback, Baker Mayfield never would have had the luxury that he had of being a starter in Cleveland in the first place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who is Baker without the Heisman? Who is Baker without the college football playoff appearance? Who is Baker without the University of Oklahoma? He is an undersized, understrengthed, overly talkative quarterback. Good Lord. And at this junction in time, with Baker being so far removed from his illustrious career at Oklahoma, and it was illustrious, but with him being so far removed from that illustrious career, he is now just an undersized, understrengthed, over-talkative quarterback. Mm -hmm. Now, I love Baker Mayfield, and I love Baker Mayfield's ability, but how I feel about Baker Mayfield is irrelevant, because here's a problem in the National Football League. In the National Football League, you get the benefit of the doubt based upon how much you are paid, and you get the benefit of the doubt based upon where you are picked. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield was picked so high and paid so much that Mm. he got the benefit of the doubt. But now that he is so far removed from that pick, he has no more benefit, just doubt. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield, we're going to look at him as the six-foot 
<laughs> mildly cut up, way too exposed commercially quarterback that he is. He has now lost his first round privileges. Mm -hmm. He's lost his number one overall pick privileges. We all got privileges. Sel and I talk about this oftentimes over the course of the show. Sociological conversations, societal conversations, all the things. When playing in the NFL, I'm sure you had NFL privileges, Damn right? right. You're taking the PJs here, you're taking the PJs there. Sure. I'm talking about the NFL planes, not mm -hmm. even the ones that Marcellus Vernon Wiley is pocketing. But when you're no longer in the league, now you're flying Southwest. You're not American. Flying Delta. Is that how you you done lost some of them privileges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the same breath, when you are the number one overall pick, you got privileges for a while. Ask Jadavian Clowney. Mm. Hasn't had 10 sacks in his career. Ever. Has ever. Hasn't had 10 sacks ever. Mm. But do keep getting signed to roster after roster mm -hmm. after roster. Because he was the number one overall pick. But there comes a point in time where you lose that privilege. I think Baker has lost his number one overall pick privilege. He's no longer getting the benefit of the doubt. At this junction in time, Baker Mayfield is exclusively getting the doubt. Man, I love you brought up privileges. I just got a little joke, a little levity in here. Remember the, I mean, well, I played, I retired in 07. In 07, we didn't have to go through the security check. It used to be hilarious. And then you get on a commercial fly flight with your family. You're like, what the hell is this security stuff? Then we can keep our phones on on our team planes, like all the way through. Now they're kind of getting closer to that. I'm talking about takeoff and landing, no seatbelt, no security. What's up, coach? That's how it used to be. And that was 07. Oh, I love that. Privileges. Here we go. Um, Baker Mayfield, you, you're always in life going to lose to someone who's cheaper, younger, and easier to coach. And right now the perception is you're not so easy to coach. And it's, you know what's impossible about saying that? The only way to prove me wrong is I coach you. I'm not trying to take that risk. With the turnover at the coaching position, which coaches are sitting there with the tenure, with the resume that's gonna say, yeah, I could take a flyer on Baker Mayfield and if it doesn't work out, I'm still fine. Every coach is going to look at it a little differently, and most of them going to say, no, thanks. Baker Mayfield finds himself in a position where he's probably going to be a backup. Let's just be real about it. Now, being the 33rd quarterback or worse is a different role. Being a backup, I've been a backup two different ways in the NFL. There are two types of backups. One is ascending from low. I was a draft pick, and I'm trying to come take your job, Bruce Smith. I'm ascending. And then there's another one like, damn, Wally used to be somebody, Baker Mayfield. And now you're descending. You have to adjust mentally to that role. Even though they both are backups, they're completely different because the sacrifice is different. Whenever you sacrifice, you're thinking it's for a greater outcome, a better outcome. So, yeah, I'll put in this work. But if Baker Mayfield finds himself in a position where he doesn't think that this is going to end up as a greater outcome, what will be his mindset, dog? He is caught between a rock and a hard place. And I think actually both of them places hard. Coming up, the Suns and he both need to get back in the win. Tonight, you stupid, you caught that. We'll tell you which top seed is in more trouble. Next, I'll speak for yourself. I mean, I try to hide Between two rocks. <laughs> and the Suns and Heat are both the top seeds in their conferences. Both teams have also lost back-to-back -back games and found themselves tied 2-2 in the conference semis. The Suns host the Mavericks, and the Heat host the Sixers in Game 5 tonight. Acho, which top seed is in more trouble, trouble, trouble? Suns or Heat? It's a good question. For me, question. the Suns are in more trouble, Sal, because mm. the Suns have to go up against Luka. 
And some people might start, well, Acho, what about Embiid? We'll get there. But the Suns got to go up against Luka. Luka right now is the second highest scorer in the history of the playoffs only, Mm. only to Michael Jordan, Mm. who if he's not the greatest basketball player of all time, he is undoubtedly the greatest scorer, particularly the greatest playoff scorer, particularly the greatest clutch playoff Mm. scorer in the history of the game. Mm. So Luka trails only Michael Jordan. The Suns got to deal with that. Suns are in a little bit of trouble because, remember, Chris Paul, game three and game four, different sets of issues, and I'm not talking off the court. Game four, seven turnovers. Game three, he had four personal fouls or five personal fouls by the end of the third quarter. So Chris Paul hasn't even been in his bag. But here's the real telling Mm -hmm. sign. (sighs) For the Suns or the Heat to be in trouble, the real question is, do you trust the Mavs or the Sixers to win a game on the road? Mm. Y'all pause for a second and y'all think, (laughs) who's more likely to win a game on the road? The Dallas Mavericks, are they more likely to win in Phoenix or are the 76ers more likely to win in Miami? And as I see it, the Mavs are much more likely to steal a game in Phoenix than the 76ers are to steal a game in Miami. Only because Miami James Harden is three for 12 from three in the playoffs. Uh So Miami James Harden don't be balling. Mm. Luca and Phoenix still be balling. Scottsdale Luca still be getting buckets. But Miami Harden, he don't really be getting no buckets. So for that reason, the Suns are in more trouble because Luca to me, is more lethal. Both places are dangerous. Let's just say that when you're off the court. Let's just say that. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Uh, Miami Harden, did he have MB? Mm-mm. Boy, these Heat are in trouble. Because now James Harden said, oh, y'all were trying to punk me while I was out here last time. Then he went back there, won two games with Embiid, and Embiid said, let's go down. <laughs> and then now they're going down there, and they together. Your big brother with you, and he's seven feet. He could have won the MVP, should have won the MVP, some would say. Oh, no, it's going to be a problem for these Heat. Let's talk about the Heat, and let's talk about James Harden this year. James Harden and the 76ers are 7-1 and one when he just scores 25 points. Now let's get into this proposition. Can James Harden score 25 points or will we see Chris Paul score only five points again, his lowest total in playoff history? Coach Monty Williams not respond, and even though he's the coach of the year, and a team, the Phoenix Suns, who are 4-1 at home in the playoffs, lose another game. I think you're going to say James Harden could score 25 points. That's a little easier. Don't forget, Dallas made 23s that game. Are they going to make 23s again? Chris Paul score only five points, and Coach Monty Williams doesn't coach like he can. It's not going to happen, dog. It's the Miami Heat, and they showing up with Big Bro. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But bro. you are assuming that Embiid and Harden are about to be the same dynamic duo that we saw in Philly. And so I'm just – you don't think I'm it? not sold you ain't I'm, feeling because it? I'm not sold on Harden. I think Embiid wants it more than ever because Embiid realizes how close he is not only to an NBA Finals, but truth be told, how close he is to a title. Yeah, yeah, Embiid yeah. is looking around and he's like, there's no team remaining that we cannot beat. Mm. Grizzlies can get them. Mavericks can mm. get them. Warriors, uh, they don't look that great. We, so I think Embiid realizes how close he is. Mm. But for James Harden, I think he's just kind of going through the motions. Now, on uh, the last game, game four, he realized, wait a second, it's time for me to go get buckets, and I can. Plus, he was hot, six for ten from three. We just haven't seen enough of itself for me to believe that James Harden can consistently go out there and ball, that James Harden is mm. going to be able to ball enough to take a game in Miami. I just, I ain't sold, I ain't sold, I ain't sold. Uh, can I sell you? Can I sell you this? Let me, Let me see what I got on me right here. Boy, you got $5 on you. 
past two games, the Sixers have had four or more players in double digits. Held the Heat to 79 points game three. They're undefeated with Joel Embiid in this series. Kyle Lowry's hurt, may not even play. Come on, man. Look at this. Where's Bam when Embiid shows up? Nightmares, bro. 24 points a game, 11 rebounds when you don't see Embiid. Embiid in the game, 15 and 5. <laughs> hey, man, come on over here. We're going down to South Beach. We're about to go beat up on some of these heat. Coming up, the Bucks and Celtics are tied at two games apiece. We'll tell you which team gives us more confidence for the rest of the series. That's next. We're doing real sports on Spade for yourself. Giannis is averaging 32 points in the conference semis, but his Bucks lost last night. Now, Jason Tatum and Al Horford combined for 60 points in game four, and the Celtics tied up the series two. Two, sell. Mm. You more confident in the Bucks or the Celtics the rest of the series? Oh, we doing that? Uh, why you act surprised? Because we talk at 7.30 this morning. For four minutes. And we talk about what the question's going to I be. I got six kids. Then afterwards, Sell gets off the phone from talking I'm to win me this one. and talks to his own team about what the question is going to be. I don't got a be. team. I got a dude. Then driving into work, Sell prepares about exactly what this question is going to be. Then I read the question. And he has the audacity to say, oh, we doing this. Read like that. he ain't know what the question was going to be. Read that. What did I say? At the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we doing that. That's what we doing here. <laughs> Retort. <laughs> Why is the condemnation always louder than the apology? I hear no apology from you. Blasphemy. Okay, who I got more confidence in? Come on, man. This Celtics about to win this series. You stupid. Boy, I'm a pro. I'm going I'm to roll with it. Yeah, Floyd's shoulder. Floyd's shoulder. Celtics going to win this series. I told you this before. You guys don't understand. They're a better, deeper, more defensive team than even the Bucs. And they're out shooting the Bucs. I don't see any wins for this team as a collective when you talk about the Bucs. I see the best player in this series being Giannis, but I see the best team in this series being the Celtics. Now, Jason Tatum, when he's out there rolling, you can't beat the Celtics. And that's what happens in their two games that they won. Two games they win, 25. Two games they lose, 15. That's the problem. Jason Tatum gets rolling, Celtics win this series. Mm, it sounded convincing. But you got to remember, bro, Al Horford, who's on, what, his 17th year in the league, seemed like him and playing forever, mm -hmm. had a playoff career high last That's year. That's amazing. It is amazing, that actually. Is amazing. Kudos yeah, to you, Al Horford. Love, Kudos love. to you. Seemed like a great human being. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not banging on Al Horford having career highs at his well young age of, what, 34, 35 <laughs> years old. That's not going to happen. Him alone. But I also think eventually Drew Holiday is going to have one good game. Eventually, he's going to have one good game. Oh, really? Or not. <laughs> and that's the problem. You think, though, that mm -hmm. Drew Holiday in six games, because the series got to go at least six, you think that Drew Holiday in six games is not going to give you, like, one or two he, good games? He has a minus 39. We said that about Kevin Durant. And this is Drew Holiday, Kevin Durant. Come on, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. He gave us one game that series. He gave you one. Drew Holiday has a minus 39 for the series, bro. I don't see where it's going to come from. Sometimes somebody got your number, and it just looks like the Celtics, the best defensive team, seem to have their number. You can't stop Giannis, so maybe you don't put all effort into stopping Giannis. But everyone else, look at this. After Giannis, who has a plus 11, minus 39, minus 11, minus Fair. 4, minus 30, minus 7, minus 19, 
minus seven. Where is he going to go? Okay, here's how it goes. Come on, you man. know Jason Tatum had his terrible game. He got that out the way. Get that Tatum Jalen out Jalen Brown had his phenomenal game check. Al Horford had his phenomenal game check. Giannis, he is Giannis. He's going to continue to have phenomenal games. He already got his atrocious game out the way as well, by the way. I'm waiting now for Drew Holiday. I'm waiting now for Pat Connaughton. I'm waiting now for uh, Portis. I'm mm. waiting for one of the other unsung heroes oh, to start boy. singing and being a hero. If Al Horford can give you 34, then I'm waiting for Drew Holiday to give me his 30-point performance. I'm waiting for Connaughton to give me his 20-point performance. I'm waiting for Portis to give me his 18-point performance. I'm waiting for one of these unsung heroes to start singing. Don't rate me if I saw a lot. Give me something. <laughs> give me a note. Dog, I'm just looking at the depth of the teams, and I don't even want to bore you with the plus-minuses over there in Boston, but it's plus, 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 32, 17, 5, 41. Like, you're in for it. You're going – you're sending Giannis on a mission to destroy all. And he's, you know how it goes. Like, this only works in movies. <laughs> like, you're the best player on the planet. I get it. The other best player on the planet is out because he didn't bring it. Giannis is going to bring it, but he doesn't have anyone else to bring it with. And that's what they're running into. They're running into a Celtics team, dog, that is well coached and has a dynamic duo that plays defense. Giannis is getting fatigued every single game. His field goals attempts going up. Every single game, this efficiency is not going up with it. Starting to look like it's a wrap. Starting to look like it's over for the East Bucks. Coming up, Al Horford says he got going after Giannis dunked on him. Talk your stuff, Al. We'll tell you if he's keeping it 100 or just 99. Next on Speak for Yourself. Now read the question I was raised. <laughs> you stupid. On this show, we only know how to keep it 100. But others out there, y'all know y'all keep it 99. So each day, we're going to get to the bottom of who's really telling the truth. Case in point, Giannis had a big dunk on Al Horford last night, then said something in his direction. Horford obviously did not appreciate it. Take a listen to the old man. Yeah, I don't really know what he said to me, but the way he was looking at me and the way that he was going about it uh, really didn't sit well with me. And, and at that point, I think just something switched. Uh, with me um, and then in the game. Macho, or for keeping a hunt? Nah, nah. He keeping us with a hundred, Sal. We have three arguments on this show. One, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Two was reserved for either Dak Prescott yeah, and or Dallas. Baker Mayfield, depending on which way the wind is blowing. But three is the fact that I don't think all athletes go 100, 100% of the time. I think that athletes can turn it up dependent upon how upset they are. I think Al Horford was keeping it 100. I think he got even more hype mm -hmm. based upon that stare down by Giannis. We haven't seen Al Horford drop 34 points. We haven't seen Al Horford give a slam like that. I think he's keeping it 100. I think he's keeping it 100 as well. I may come to your side about all athletes in terms of not always going 100%. I just never been on the field like, yeah, this one I ain't tripping. Like, it's hell to pay if you're not tripping. Al Horford told on himself, but in telling on himself, he told us something real. That's what we got to talk about. We'll see you tomorrow. That's it for us. That's not impromptu.